When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Droz. If I may offer a warning to you as a teaching artist, uh, if, if, if this one goes out to people who are maybe just starting out doing, you know, workshops and and classes and so on, um, is adaptability is a big part of the job. Now I've described a lot of adaptability that happens in the moment where you're dealing with lots of different personality types. A lot of people walk into your room with various degrees of experience or background in the art that you are teaching. And it's, it is no small task to have three of your students who have been in like four of your workshops before, you know, and like are very versed in like what kind of content you, you talk about. And then another 15 people who have never seen you before. How do you keep it interesting for everybody involved? And that's where that adaptability comes in. And this goes back to my whole um, presentation on um, sort of improvising with pre-designed bits. Um, and, and, you know, as, as a uh, encouragement to you, I'll say like, you, you just develop a lot of them over the years. If you keep playing and experimenting in your classroom and stay open to the experience of what the students need in the moment, you'll develop a lot of different pre-designed bits. So it's... It's less common that I get flat foot on these things. Also, let me also underscore this, and I'm getting away from my point. I will get back to it after I say this. Um, even if your students have taken your class a couple times, revisiting some material, not always a bad idea. As a matter of fact, it's often a good idea. A couple reasons. One, let your students who have taken your class before demonstrate that they've internalized it and get to look like the, the especially talented or intelligent students in the crowd. Uh, two is maybe they don't remember, and this will be a review for them to help them internalize this this knowledge anyway. Anyway, okay, that aside, what was the warning? What was the warning I was going to offer? In terms of adaptability, outside of the classroom, if you do a lot of traveling, which hopefully, eventually, we're going to get to do again, um, you're going to show up at different partner orgs, and there's going to be various levels of... Um, how do I say it? Technological expertise and material available to you in order to put on your presentation. So I, I, one thing I learned very quickly is to front end all of my materials needs when we're negotiating the contract for my visit. So like when I'm sending them my W-9, you know, my IRS forms to like give them my tax ID number so I can get entered into their payment system. And I'm also giving them all the marketing materials for the workshop. I give them logos, pictures of me, pictures of my books, a little bio of myself, a little description of, of the what the workshop's gonna be about. I also tell them, and here's what I need to do the presentation, i.e. projection, dry erase board, an easel, etc. Here's what the students will need. Pencils, paper, safety scissors, colored pencils, markers, etc. I try to put all of that as explicitly clear and upfront as I possibly can. It doesn't mean that when you get there, it's going to be there. And this is not to put any blame on any particular partner organization because a lot of things change in between the time when you negotiate the contract and when you get there. Different people now work there sometimes. Like I'll negotiate a uh, classroom visit a year in advance and then I get there and the person who hired me is no longer there. And now there's somebody else there and they maybe didn't go through all the paperwork carefully and they, I get there and like, oh, did you need a projector? Oh dear, we don't have one saved for you. Can you work without it? 
well, gosh, I had a whole slide deck that I was going to use. <laughs> I got to figure something else out fast, right? Um, so that kind of thing can happen, is that even, even with the best of planning and intentions, you arrive at the destination and what you had counted on for leading your presentation is just not available to you. And so this is something where I would, if I were to offer any advice, quote unquote, I would say when you're developing your presentation, ask yourself, what's the best case scenario setup for this? What would be like, everything works perfectly. If I had my, my druthers, this is how the presentation would go. And then I would say, how would you do it if the apocalypse happened and there's no more electricity, <laughs> there's no more sound projection. You know, uh, you thought we were going to be sitting in a classroom. We're sitting on the gymnasium floor. We're sitting outside, right? How would you do it? So, uh, I, I, years ago, I met a fellow teaching artist at a, uh, a teaching conference actually in the Midwest. And this guy, Steve Harpster, uh, he is somebody to watch. Like you could look at what he's doing, uh, and he's got a specific audience. He's really aiming at like you know uh, lower elementary, with his books and with his presentations. But the dude's a pro. He actually has an entire cart that he bring. He brings all of his own technology to events. Uh, that, but even then, I I look at that and I go like, well, but what if the power goes out? You know. And so something I did is I invested in an actual you know um, a tripod to put big flip charts on. I carry my own markers bring big pads of paper. Um, don't often use it, but because most of the time, I would say 99.5% of the time, everything is as I need it. But even then, <clears throat> I've gone to events where everything was as I needed it. And then all of a sudden, for no reason whatsoever, the HDMI cable just decides it doesn't want to work anymore. And I stop everything, try to get it working again. If it takes more than three minutes, I'm not going to, um, you know, keep all of these students waiting uh, I'll just move on and use the dry erase board or use something else. So if you're thinking about it, it'd probably be a good idea to have a sort of best case and then worst case scenario set up and bring both of them with you if you can travel. Uh, also, if you are doing online teaching, as many of us are right now, you know, that's another thing. I got a, um, a what is it? it's like a desk tripod for phones to do like turn your phone to an overhead camera and my power went out, but I still had cell signal. So I logged into Zoom on my phone and led the class over my phone with the phone pointed down at my desk while I was doing drawing demos on pieces of paper. Totally worked. So think about what could possibly go wrong. It's, it's, it, of course, it's impossible to imagine everything that could possibly go wrong. But like the way I like to frame it up is like power goes out. What do you do? Right. Okay, this is part of the Art Sound Off Challenge, artsoundoff.com, wherein me and my buddy Rob Stensinger challenge ourselves and by extension everybody else to check in with journals about your art over the month of November. And you don't have to share it if you don't want to. You can just do it for the sheer practice of it. But if you do decide to share it, please use the Art Sound Off hashtag when you share it on social media so that all of us, all the others who are participating and playing along can listen in to hear all the different voices that are, you know, considering their art in audio over the month of November. And I will be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. Until then, remember everybody. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health. 
maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more.